Hello and welcome back into Overtime. This is your Sports Talk podcast hosted by the Lipscomb University Sports Announcing Class. I'm Sam Phelan, led by our professor Aaron Birch. I'm alongside Gracie Simpson with Jason Southall and Connor Owens as we give you a rundown of all the latest sporting news. Jason and Connor do helmet to helmet where they preview all of Middle Tennessee's high school football action and Gracie and I bring you to the drawing board where we give a rundown of all the top stories in professional sports. So buckle up and thanks for being here. This is Overtime. Welcome to the eighth segment of Helmet to Helmet. I am Jason Southall. I'm Connor Owens. And, uh, well, you know, we're not going to hang around here for a little bit. I want to go ahead and get into some high school football just because it's election day. and We both want to watch the election results. So go ahead and go into your high school games this past week. Um, I'm going to start out uh, some great games this week, but I want to start out with a big congratulations to the White House Blue Devils. Woo! Um, yes, sir. They hosted Greenbrier. That's the second oldest rivalry in the state. And uh, the winner of that game uh, clinched a playoff spot, and the White House Blue Devils uh, defeated Greenbrier 21-16. to I'll talk about uh, their playoff game here in a minute. Uh, then the Brentwood Bruins bulldozed. Centennial, 49-7. to Congratulations to Walker Merrill. He broke two school records in three quarters uh, on that game on Friday. Most receptions and uh, uh, I think it was the most receiving yards in a single game. Uh, the game I was at, Nashville Christian absolutely lights up Trinity Christian School of a final score of 50 to nothing. Uh, the game you were at. Ravenwood defeats Independence 28-14. to It wasn't that close. I can tell you that. It wasn't that close. I kept up with that game. It wasn't really that close. It was 14 nothing. about five minutes left in the first. And then it was 14-7, then 21-7, 21-14, 28-14. So it was never really, really close. Uh, Ravenwood basically had that game from the start. Yeah. Um, and then my final game uh, for high school finals, I want to talk about this for a minute. NBA traveled to Memphis uh, to take on Christian Brothers. Um, early in that game, NBA had a 17 to nothing lead. Then they blew that. Christian Brothers came back, and they took a 24-17 to lead in the fourth. With, like, I think it was less than five or six minutes to go in the game, NBA's offense drives down the field 75 yards scores a touchdown um they're down one 24 to 23 they need a two-point conversion to win the game and they get it and they uh beat christian brothers on the road 25 to 24 uh nba has one more game i'm pretty sure this week uh and then their playoffs will start next week now speaking of playoffs before actually before i get to playoffs you always ask me about a surprise um, you beat me to it. score of the week. I caught myself this time. Yeah, I caught myself this time. Um, uh, CPA and FRA. Um, I said it was going to be CPA by 30 or 40. It was not. CPA beats FRA 41 to 29. Um, FRA, they're one in five on the season going into playoffs this week. They travel to Memphis to take on Evangelical Christian. I'll talk about that in a minute. But that's my big surprise. FRA's offense kept up with that speedy, fast, big 
CPA defense and only losing by 12 on the road against a team who's the state runner-up a year ago. And it's actually uh, has really had FRA's number uh, over the past couple of years. Um, so that was my surprise score uh, from last week. Now we're going into the games of the week. Uh, it's playoff time for most schools. Um, first, I'm going to talk about a game that may not happen. It may not happen. It was on the bracket. Something happened yesterday uh, that is putting this game in jeopardy. Uh, now, if this game does not play, if, if this game is not played, I don't know whether they'll reschedule it or the team that cannot play will be automatically disqualified from the playoffs and the other team would advance. But Brentwood High School is scheduled to play at home against Cane Ridge round one of the playoffs this week. News broke yesterday, 29 students at Brentwood High School tested positive for COVID-19, putting this game in jeopardy. Brentwood is uh, on remote learning the rest of the week. Um, having been at Brentwood for four years with my dad, I love Brentwood. A piece of my heart stayed at Brentwood. Um, so I would really feel for these seniors if they cannot play this game. John House, Kate Granzo, Walker Merrill if they can't play, um, that would really suck for them. Um, so I really hope uh, they can get back on track and have this game played on Friday. Um, and then our White House Blue Devils, uh, first playoff berth in, I think, three years. Um, they traveled to Lexington High School. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Jason. I, th- I don't know if you're the same as me. I've never heard of Lexington High School. I've heard of them because I, I think they played – White House's women's soccer in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure, a couple of years ago. It may have been the year that they won the state title. Um, I can't remember, though, where it is or anything about them. Um, looking up their record right now, Lexington High School is probably incredibly good, and we have absolutely no chance. Just take a guess. I have their record right here. Take a guess. Ten game season. What do you think their record is? Eight and two. Close. Nine and one. Great. <laughs> they're they're five and zero oh in region play. Wins oh, against South no. Gibson, Decatur County, Riverside, Liberty, Jackson Northside, Crockett County, Jackson Southside again. Actually, they Jackson play- Southside. They play Jackson Northside. How did they – did they beat Jackson they, they, Southside? They beat Jackson Northside and Southside. What was the score um, of the Southside game? 31-10. Oh, great. Jackson Southside, I think, they, is the – we, we actually – who did – who knocked out White House in 2017? Jackson what, Southside. That's what I thought. Jackson Southside. So – if they can beat Jackson that Southside. That was the year before me and my dad got there. Yeah, if they can beat Jackson Southside like that, um, and trust me, the team back then was a lot better than the team right now. Uh, they're, yeah. It's over. Yeah. It, it's over. Yeah, South Gibson, Decatur County, Riverside, Liberty, Jackson Northside, Crockett County, Jackson Southside, Hardin County, McNary Central, and Chester County are all their wins, and they lost 35-25 to 25 to Milan. Um, so I've heard about Milan a little bit. They're pretty good. 
Um, White House has their work cut out for them. White House is four and six on the year, three and three in region play uh, with big wins against Portland Station Camp, uh, Montgomery Central, and Greenbrier. Um, and then the final game is FRA at ECS. Um, this is the game I'm going to start my predictions with. Um, I hate to say it, Evangelicals just too good. Um, I kept up with them last year. I watched their game when they beat CPA for the state title. Um, I feel so bad uh, for Franklin Road Academy having to go almost to Arkansas round one um, of the state playoffs. I don't think this game's going to be close. Uh, I feel for their seniors, Connor Moore, uh, David DeRocha, their quarterback, or quarterback, excuse me, uh, really good friends of mine. Uh, they have an kick, amazing kicker in Jack Norris. He's definitely going uh, hopefully to a Power 5 school uh, to either punt or kick. Um, but they got a really – they got a positive future. Um, they got some uh, underclassmen who can absolutely play. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the future of FRA football. I know COVID messed them up a lot. Um, but if they had half the skill – or if they had if they had their seniors from last year, this year – it would be a totally different story. That senior class last year that I was with, um, something special about that group. Never been around a group closer than them. Um, so if they had them this year, uh, they'd have a really good chance uh, to play for a state title this year. Um, I'm not giving a point prediction, but I, I think it's going to be ECS big. Um, and FRA's season will end on Friday night in Memphis. Um, now I'm going to go down to Brentwood, Cane Ridge. If this game is played, I have Brentwood winning big as well. Cane Ridge, um, usually they're pretty good. They're three and three this year. Um, haven't, haven't played many games, haven't been good uh, this year. I think if Brentwood can play, um, they'll get a big win over the Ravens. And then White House and Lexington. Um, before I looked up Lexington's um, – record i had white house winning this game but looking at their record and the teams that they beat um the bet the best thing white house could do in this game is keep it close i don't think they're going to win it um so i got i'm i'm flipping that to lexington uh i think they'll get the job done and unfortunately white house uh will fall round one uh of the playoffs but just like fra White House is a really bright future ahead of them. Well, we know we were talking about Jackson Southside, and, you know, I wanted to look them up real quick just to see how they were doing this year. You know, they went two and six. Uh, yeah. You, you'd think that, you know, that's not very good. They're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do you know who they play in the playoffs? I, I, think, that's, I think that's like – how the division works. Like there's certain divisions. Like I remember when we were at Brentwood, we played a team um, that was 0 and 10. They didn't win a game yeah. and they made the playoffs. Do you know um, who they play so in think, the playoffs? I think so. that's kind of the division. Who Jackson Southside plays? Yeah. Heritage? At Springfield. 
God. <laughs> oh my goodness. Not, not in one Springfield. Um, <laughs> I hurt. Can for we just Jackson have a moment Southside? of silence for Jackson Southside? Of course. Just a moment of silence. They don't yeah, stand a chance. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. So looking at Springfield's schedule, they beat number 19, Wilson Central at the time, uh, then beat number yeah. 14, White House Heritage. Uh, then they lost to number six, Marshall County, and then they beat number seven, Creek. Marshall County's good. Marshall County's really good. And uh, now that they play Jackson Southside, which – Hurts me to say. Oh, goodness. Well, you want to go ahead and move into college football? Let's do it. Um, uh, you want me to start with Vanderbilt? You know what? Get it out of the way. Go ahead. I'll give you the honor. Go ahead. Vanderbilt um, – Hosted Ole Miss, and I was I was close uh, to being right. I said Ole Miss was going to put sixty on us. They beat us fifty four to twenty one. Um, how we got twenty one points against Ole Miss, I have no idea. Well, I don't think they pulled Corral from that game. Um, so our offense our offense really stepped up late in that game, but it was too little, too late. Um, Ken Seals. The score doesn't show it, but he had a really, really, really good game on Saturday. I'm looking at his stats right now. Um, against Ole Miss, he went 31 of 40, 319 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, and, and his longest throw was 48 yards. Um, so he really increased his numbers. I said that in our class last week. Um, in order for Vanderbilt to have a chance, Ken Seals was really going to have to step up his numbers, uh, and he did that. Um, again, score doesn't show it, um, but only missing nine of your 40 passes says something about a true freshman in the SEC. Um, uh, Ole Miss, really good. I was not ex- – I, I, honestly, I said 60, but was I expecting 60? No. I think Ole Miss was just like South Carolina. I think Ole Miss and South Carolina were two – winnable games of the year and we blew them um so i i mean we got mississippi state this this week they're the same record um that old miss is they're one in four uh I, I forgot what their only win of the year is um lsu lsu um so and they got an amazing quarterback kj costello throwing for over 1200 yards this year um It's gonna be. Uh, how do I how how do I make this sound nice? Um, <laughs> it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna well, be brutal. I, I, I can't, if you, I if you can take if you can nice. take away if you can take away Costello, if you can take away his throwing. They don't have anything else. Uh, from what we've seen this year, just how they played. Yeah, they were great against LSU. 
but they have nothing else. Uh, you know, their star running back, yeah. uh, Kylan Hill, he actually today, probably about four or five hours ago, uh, declared for the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, so he, he's already sitting out, but now he's, wow. he is gone. Um, so they're going to have some issues at Mississippi State. Uh, hopefully, for Mike Leach's sake, he can get them back. But from what I've been seeing from them, I'm actually going to give Vanderbilt a chance this week. Uh, if, if, and only if, now don't, don't clap yet, only if they can stop the pass. And I don't know how Vanderbilt is about that. I haven't watched them. Um, how are they when it comes to stopping the pass? And give me the honest answer, um, not, not your Vanderbilt answer. Passing. Yards passing, we've uh, allowed 292 yards um, and yards rushing 206. Okay. Uh, see, I don't know. That's that's something that I'm a little – I would keep an eye but on. You, you just look at the teams that we've played. Just look at the teams that we've played. Texas A&M, LSU, South Carolina, and Ole Miss. Yeah, and so like it, some of the two of the best, two of the better teams in the SEC, and two of the up and coming teams in the SEC who are on like rebuild modes. They have really star talent. Um, most of the star talent for Ole Miss are freshmen, so they're going to be good for a long time, the next three or four years. So, if Vanderbilt is going to step up their season and turn it around. It needs to be this week. I know I've said that for the past four weeks, but I mean it this week. This needs to be a bounce back. This is how our season's going to look. And if we look like we looked against LSU, South Carolina, and Ole Miss, then we're, we're, we're pretty much screwed for the rest of the year. And it's going to be an 0-10 year. Um, so, yeah, this needs to be a bounce-back week for Vanderbilt. Do I think it's going to happen? I'm going to go ahead and my, give my prediction. Do I think this will be a bounce-back week? Um, just like you said, if we stop the pass, yes. But the way it looks, no. So, I'm going to say Mississippi State's going to get the win, two or three touchdowns maybe. Uh, it will be low scoring. I don't, think Ole Miss, I don't think Mississippi State will put 54 on us. It's like Ole Miss did last week. Um but yeah, stop the pass. We'll have a chance. But if, if Costello uh, is his normal self, then we're screwed. Well, yeah, I'll go ahead and put a score on mine as well. Uh, I'd say I'm going to give two different scores because uh, it all depends on okay. that passing. If Vanderbilt stops that passing, I'd say it's going to be like one of those Texas A&M games. Uh, that I think they may have a chance in winning. I'd say if they do, it'll be a three-point win. Nothing too good. I mean, for Vanderbilt fans, that's amazing. But uh, mm -hmm. I seriously doubt that's going to happen. What I feel is going to happen a little bit more is, yeah, they may stop it a little bit, but not nearly as much as they need to, and maybe like a 34-14 yeah. thir score. Something like that. Not not like a 41-7 you've seen a couple times this year. Not a 54-21, but still, still a loss. Um, 
I'll say one more thing and then we'll move on. Actually, two more things. I'm trying to find this kid's name. Uh, but while I'm looking, I'm just going to say the only experienced quarterback we have on our depth chart opted out, and that's uh, Kentucky transfer Danny Clark. Yeah. Uh, he opted out last week. Um, so he was our only shot at experience when it comes to the quarterback position. Um, so now all the quarterbacks we have left are either freshmen or junior college transfers with no SEC experience. Um, so that's going to hurt us a lot. Um, now, again, if, if, now, if, uh, if you're down in this game, do you see them taking seals out? And do you see them putting someone else down in the this tr- game? Yeah, if you're down in this game by a pretty big margin, do you see them taking seals out and throwing someone else in to try and get some experience against an SEC team? Or do you see them kind of just waiting for next year? Honestly, I don't know because, again, they're either trans- they're either freshmen or JUCO transfers, so they don't really have much experience anyway. So, yes, Ken Seals is a little bit more experienced than the other freshmen, but I think if you pull a freshman and put a freshman in, you're going to get pretty much the same thing. Uh, like, I don't know how many reps the other freshmen get in practice. And the only videos I've seen from Brentwood – or not Brentwood – uh, Vanderbilt's practices is Ken Seals at quarterback and then somebody another quarterback standing up standing in the background so I if I was Derek Mason no I, w- I would not pull Ken Seals um, I think next year um, well, next year it all depends on if Mason's our head coach next year um, it might be a totally different offense and we might see totally different quarterbacks Um I don't know. Um, I would go with the the freshman experience you have now, and if you if you trust Ken Seals to start the game, you got to trust him to finish it. Um, now, if it's if it's like an LSU South Carolina, and we're down say forty mm-hmm. in like the second quarter, then yes. But if we're down forty in like the late third, early fourth, just just keep him in. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it all depends on what his numbers look like. Like if he's if he has numbers like he did against Ole Miss, then keep him in because he looks good. It'd be he looks good. The score doesn't make it look good, uh, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I would stick with experience and keep seals in. Gotcha. Well, uh, I'll I'll give you your pick. Actually, no, no, no. We'll go to my team. We'll go Tennessee. Uh, we'll go Tennessee, Arkansas. Even though I really don't want to talk about it. Um, Let me stop you right there because I just I just found uh, the guy's name um, that I was talking about. Derek Mason has press conference this morning. Uh, Javion Marlowe, our star running back, is out uh, on suspension, violation of team rules. He will not play. Well, then take uh, my second Drew score. Then Ber- first score is not going to happen. <laughs> uh, Drew Berkmeyer is questionable. And Donovan Kaufman, I think he's one of our receivers, uh, is out for the season with a non-injury – I think he said non-injury related um, issue. Um, so, it like, regardless, the, the guys we play will have little to no experience. Um, so, yeah, I, I, 
looking at that, we're screwed. Um, yeah, yeah. I said two or three touchdowns. Now I'm leaning three to four, four to five touchdowns against yeah. Mississippi State. See, I, so go I'm, ahead. I'm still keeping with my score that I had, not my first score because that's out the window now. Uh, now that I know that information, uh, but you know, I think it's not going to be nearly as bad as what you had with Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, and that, JVL Marlowe, he he hasn't had the best season. Like 33 carries, 148 yards, not a single touchdown. Um, and our backup, I don't even see the numbers here, so I don't even think we have a backup running back. I think we give Marlowe every single every single time we run the ball, we go to JVL Marlowe. Um, so yeah got you well so oh, go, go ahead and talk about um your Tennessee volunteers well here's how I feel about it and first I'm going to take you back to 2015 2015 we played Arkansas uh, we were both two and three at the time uh oh and two in the division for us uh one and one for them Kind of similar to what we've got now. Uh, we're both two and three. Um, and of course, at that point, we were two and two. They were one and three. But you have to look at the teams that we have now versus the team we had then. Uh, you know, we had Josh Dobbs, Jalen Hurd. We had all those players at that point in time. We had good players. Mm-hmm. Now we got Jared Garantano. Eric Gray's fine. Josh Palmer's fine. Don't get me wrong. But you yeah, remember, Alvin Kamara was our backup running back that year. So the team, the team we had then was so much better. And you look at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback at that time was, I don't even know, something Allen, uh, Brandon Allen, uh, who wasn't very good. Uh, we had ru- their running back, um, something Collins, as I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Is that Alex Collins? I don't know. Uh, my Wi-Fi is absolutely terrible, so I, you know, really couldn't tell you. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is Alex Collins. Uh, so you know, they had somewhat player. Alex Collins was good, but you know, looking at the rest of their team, it's kind of iffy. They beat us twenty-four to twenty that day, and you have to look at the teams now. We've got, like I said, we've got Garantano, Garantano. We got Gray. We got Palmer. They've got Felipe Franks at quarterback. Eleven touchdowns, three interceptions, twelve hundred passing yards. He's only missed on fifty-six passes, or no, fifty-four passes. I don't see this being close. I mean, I wish it was. If it was at home, maybe. But this is at Arkansas. I the spread says that we're favored to win by one and a half, which is basically nothing. I see us losing by ten, maybe seven, ten points. If we can't get our offense going, then we have no chance. And I think it may. I, I don't know if the game has just left Cheney behind, our offensive coordinator, uh, but. He has to change something. He has to use what we have. And seeing what I've seen these past few weeks, we're not doing that. Um, I wish we did, but we don't. And if that doesn't change, then it's just going to be the same old, same old this week. 
Nice. I want to stop. I want to stop you right there, really quick. Then you can finish your. Um, oh, that was it. That was it. Big news out of the Tennessee Titans right now. Just broke. Um, I know we don't talk NFL, but I just got to say this. I just got a text Vic, too. Vic Beasley released. Jonathan Joseph released, and Bo Brinkley, our long snapper, released. They released. Oh, they released Bo. Wow. Good. Where are we? Who are they going to put there? Ben Jones? Is he going to do it too? <laughs> like, uh, what are, who's our no long idea. snapper? Because I, I looked this up today, actually. I don't know why I looked it up. But to have. All right, hold on. Brinkley, Brinkley and Joseph are released today. Vic Beasley will be uh, officially released tomorrow. Goodness gracious. You'd think we'd be adding more players because we sucked last week. You you think that that is would that be... to free up cap space? Is that to free up cap space so we can get more guys? Trade deadline's over. Trade, trade deadline just free agents. Who, Who's a free who, agent like, currently? That's they, a good question. I'm gonna look that up right like, now. Like I don't really know if there's anyone really good that is a free agent. Um, I mean, if you want to go get a wide receiver, Des Bryant, I always thought was really good, uh, but he's been picked up by Baltimore. Uh, I don't see anyone that could be thrown uh-huh, in. Clinton Dix, Eric Reed, Eli Apple, Delaney Walker, Tremont Williams, Cameron I'm, Wade, imagine, Jefferson. Imagine if they brought back Delaney Walker. <laughs> no. That would be so funny. <laughs> Brandon Carr, Clay Matthews, Demarius. Uh, no, he's a receiver. Um, there's. Wesley well, Woodyard. Then there are a lot of options we could we could bring in. Uh, maybe it'll probably be another. It'll either probably either be a linebacker or a cornerback, um, something around yeah. those lines. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Two things we need: we need defensive help, like player wise, and we need a defensive coordinator. <laughs> well, right now, we, right we, now we, Mike Brable's our defensive coordinator. Yeah, well, he said there was no problem with the defense. So, he, 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 some, some, would say someone, someone asked him if they were going to add a defensive coordinator. He said he doesn't think that's the problem. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, of course Cincinnati you don't think that's. The, of course you don't think that's the problem. You're the defensive coordinator. <laughs> like, why would you say you're doing something bad if you're we the one have, in control of it? Or we had one of the best linebackers the Atlanta Falcons hat. He could not get a sack against Joe Burrow and a broken offensive line. Yep. We have Jadavian Clowney. Dude's been a beast for the past couple of years. He can't get a sack on Joe Burrow. Yep. He couldn't get a sack to save his life. Good grief. Like, defense needs help. It starts with the coaches, then it's the players. We don't need our head coach to be our head coach and defense coordinator. Yeah. I, I haven't really seen that work anywhere. Have you? Um, Vanderbilt. I mean, Mason made it work, and then we yeah, went out Vanderbilt. and had a coordinator. Yeah, Vanderbilt. That That's the team we're going to use as a success story. <laughs> I wanted to make it sound good, okay? Good grief. Give me a break. I mean, cut me some slack, bro. Good grief. I just had to question that. That's all. But, you know, give me your uh, – real quick, uh, and then we'll move on to the next game. Give me your score for Tennessee-Arkansas and some thoughts. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and give him a score. I'm going to go – sorry, let me rephrase that. I'm going to go ahead and give you a score. I don't know what I just said. Give him a um, score. You're probably going to hate me. You're probably going to hate me for this, but I'm going to say 24 to 17 Arkansas. I, I, um, I mean, that's fine. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think that's what we deserve. I mean, all because of how Garantano and that offensive line for Tennessee have looked this year and Felipe Franks. I watched him last week, and he looked dominant. Like, he's passing 1,200 yards on the year, 11 touchdowns and only three interceptions, and he's only missed 54 of his 159 passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he is – I think Felipe Franks in his one year at Arkansas is better than his three years at Florida. Um, yeah. And it's all because of the opportunities he gets and his expectations aren't that, aren't as high as they were um, as when he was with uh, Florida, especially with Dan Mullen. Um, like if you're coached by Dan Mullen and you're a quarterback for one of the best teams in the SEC – the expectations for you are high. The expectations are at Arkansas are just to win three games. So, like, Felipe Franks can do that. Um, Sam Pittman, uh, the I think it's Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas, um, is doing a phenomenal job. Record doesn't show it as much, but give him some time and he will turn Arkansas around. I'm not saying they'll be an SEC powerhouse, but they'll be better than they have been. Um if they, if Arkansas gives him the, uh, oh, crap, his name just slipped my mind. Um, what are you talking about? What? Uh, he, he he's the head coach at FAU now. Uh, Willie Taggart. If they give him the, the Willie Taggart treatment, he'll be out in two weeks. He'll be out in two weeks. So, if they give him some time, he'll turn that program around. Um, his recruiting's really, really good. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's great. Uh, but again, it's better than it has been um, at Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is even a 52 point or 52 uh, percent. They're giving Arkansas a 52 percent chance to win that game. Um, so I'm going to go with Arkansas in a low scoring close game. Like I said, probably 24 to 17. If if not that, probably 17 10, 17 13, something like that. All right. Um, so now. We will move into our helmet-to-helmet game of the week. Um, This game has been circled on a lot of people's calendars for a very long time, ever since the schedule was announced. Uh, Number one, Clemson, traveling to South Bend, Indiana, to take on number four, Notre Dame. Clemson, led by true freshman quarterback with the size of a linebacker. This kid's 6'4", 250. I want to give you a chance to pronounce his name. Oh, I used to, oh, I used to know it. I had it on Saturday. Oh, because the thing is, I told you, remember how I was talking about I I don't think we had this on recording, but the time I called you and I said that Lawrence was out. Uh, is it is it Uangalele uh, or something like that? Um I, I it's something like it. that. It's DJ, DJ Uyangale, yeah, Uyangale, Uyangale. There you go, Uyangale. DJ, DJ. Let's just call him DJ. Yeah, uh, um, I, I told you whenever, 
basically, like I said, I like playing Madden and I like going a little yeah. bit in the future. And whenever I do the draft classes, you know, people make those draft classes. And one of the studs that people used to make was DJ Uyelongalele. And I, I thought he was amazing on that. But I was like, I've never seen him really play, so I don't know how he is. And then whenever I saw those replays from that game on Saturday, it seemed like it was just the same thing. Uh, I feel he is a stud that needs time to develop uh, because that first half was pretty bad. Uh, well, I think he was just kind of rattled. But for it to be against Boston College and to be rattled, imagine going to – is it at Notre Dame? Yes. Imagine going to South Bend. Like, I, I – I, I fear for him. Uh, I, I seriously do. Um, I'm reading right here. Um, Sweeney had ruled out Trevor Lawrence for this week, uh, but that might change. Uh, Lawrence only has two more days left in isolation, and he needs to pass a test that he will take on Thursday. Um, and then if that is cleared, then there is a tiny, there's a small percent chance that Trevor Lawrence could play on Saturday against Notre Dame. Um, yeah, don't really know so, uh, uh, that he cannot play Saturday. Um, they have to wait for that test to come back, uh, to identify the symptoms of that myocarditis, I think. Uh, and that will not be done by Saturday. Uh, now, Sweeney did say that he will be on the sideline Saturday, but as a coaching role uh, for DJ Wangalele. Um, but he will not be playing. There you go. Yeah. So. All right. So that is a false report. Wangalele <laughs> will be playing. He will be starting. Uh, but Lawrence will be there to help okay. him. Okay. Uh, it will be. He'll be there to help him. All right. Really quick. Really quick, give a prediction. Who you got winning? 31-27 Clemson. But I could say you could easily flip those two teams. Okay. Uh, I, I say that game is going to be way, way close. Uh, it wouldn't be if Lawrence was playing. Uh, but Uyangalele kind of yeah. throws a wrench into that, uh, where if Clemson loses, it'll be by a field goal. If Notre Dame loses, it'll be by a field goal. I just see those teams so close uh, that – I can't really even give you a I, – I guess I have to say Clemson winning, but I'm perfectly fine with Notre Dame winning. My thoughts on the Clemson game are pretty much the same as yours, so I will not take the time in saying pretty much the same thing. Um, in all honesty, in all honesty, in my opinion – this is the week Clemson loses. Um, it's in South Bend, true freshman quarterback. Notre Dame's defense has been pretty dominant uh, over the course of this year. Uh, rushing yards allowed for Notre Dame's 173 to Clemson's 174. Now that's passing yards, excuse me. Rushing yards, 99 for Clemson and 93 um, for Notre Dame. So if Notre Dame can slow down DJ – 
And if uh, they can get their pass, pass and run game going like it's looked this year, um, then Notre Dame will get the win. I, I would, I honestly think Notre Dame can win by seven to ten points. Um, but just like I said against LS for LSU last week, it all depends on the quarterback. And if DJ looks like he looked in the second half of the Boston College game, Clemson's going to get that win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and say Notre, Notre Dame gets the win over Clemson. And gotcha. uh, we will have a new number one next week. Gotcha. Well, you want to move in on. to your upset of yep. the week? Yep. Um, who went first last week? Did I go first? Uh, no, I think I did. Then you did. Then I had my uh, my second one. That, sure that's, that's right. All right, we're only going one. Let's yeah. only go one this week. I've right. already, I've already only got one. one. This week. I've got one. Do you okay. want um, to go ahead and take my guess at your upset? Okay. Um, let's only get one guess. Only okay. one guess this week. Okay. Um. West Virginia over Texas. No. In all honesty, I didn't oh. see that game. Um, but no. All right, what you got? Not. So this can be an upset either way. Um, and you'll see what I mean whenever I say this this game. Um, I, this, I think I know what it is now. Go ahead and give – what do you think it is? Liberty over Virginia Tech. Or is it Virginia Tech over Liberty? Yep. That's that's the thing. Either way this Wait, game am I right? goes. Am I yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way this game goes, it doesn't matter which way it goes, it's going to be an upset. Yeah. Uh, like you have an ACC team playing against where even is Liberty. Liberty's an independent, aren't they, this year? Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're somewhere in North Carolina, I think. I know they're Virginia, I think. Oh, that's I think, right. I think, like, think they're Virginia. Aren't they Lynchburg? Lynchburg? Something like that. There are rivals. We should know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, it's big. Plus, plus Liberty's, in, Liberty's in the top 25 for the first time in school history. Yeah, first that's what I'm saying. History. That's why I'm saying. If Virginia Tech wins, that's an upset. If Liberty wins, that's an upset, too. I, I This is a tough one for me to do. Mostly just because Liberty's been so good this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Their quarterback, nine touchdowns and one interception. Uh, so he hasn't messed up. But then again, you have to look at who they played. Uh, they've played Western Kentucky, Florida International, North Alabama, Louisiana Monroe, Syracuse, and mm-hmm. Southern Miss. Uh, no one really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, they played our team, Southern Miss. So that's something. Uh, I think this will be the end of their extremely extremely long time in the top 25 of one week i think virginia tech wins this one which is an upset top 25 wise but not really an upset team wise um, mostly just because virginia tech's played people pretty well this year uh, their two losses came against number eight north carolina they were number eight at the time uh, and Wake Forest. Wake Forest was a, a joke. Um, but they played North Carolina close. They only lost by 11. It was 56 to 45. 
and I don't see Liberty keeping up with them. Um, mostly just because Liberty almost lost to Florida International, 36-34. Uh, their only real big beatdowns were Louisiana Monroe, North Alabama, uh, Southern Miss, sort of. Uh, I say Virginia mm-hmm. Tech wins this game. All right, your turn. Take a stab at uh, what you think my upset of the week is. Oh, so let me look at this real quick. Uh, oh, shoot. Um, and we already talked about it not being in the Pac-12. Uh, yeah, so absolutely crazy. Well, hey, you almost picked a Big Ten team whenever they first started. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there's so many different games that could have it. Like, you know, talking about the Indiana-Michigan game earlier and the BYU-Boise State game earlier um, before we started recording. You know what? I'm going to have to do it. BYU-Boise State, since you mentioned it. No. Okay. What is it? It is not. Um, you want me to tell you straight up, or you want me to kind of tease you with it a little bit? I'm not going to get it, so go ahead. <laughs> I haven't even looked at all the games this week, so you can get, go ahead. I think Kansas State beats Oklahoma State. So you you say Oklahoma State's going to lose back to back weeks? The only way they do, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, the only the only way they do that um, is if Kansas State control it can slow down both Oklahoma State's run game and pass game. Um, look at Oklahoma State's quarterback Spencer Sanders. 658 passing yards and five touchdowns. He's completed 49 of his 70 passes. You look at their running back, 119 carries, 550 yards, and five touchdowns. And like what? They're in week six, week seven. And then their, then their wide receiver, 35 receptions, 588 yards, and four touchdowns. If they put up numbers like these, I know, the, I know these are season numbers, but that has to mean that they're good each and every game. If they put up numbers like these, Kansas State doesn't stand a chance. Well, if Kansas <clears throat> State can slow that down and look like, you know, I, go ahead. I'm go- I'm going to have to give a little pushback, uh, and here's my question for that. Um, I don't think it's a we got to slow down Oklahoma State. I say it's we got to keep up to Oklahoma State. Um, I don't think you can stop their offense. I mean, look at Texas. Texas couldn't stop their offense. They just kept up. Uh, there hasn't really been a team that's been able to keep up with them except Texas. And if you look at Kansas State, they only scored 10 points last week. Uh, I. But you look at the wins that they have. The, you look at the wins that they have this week or this year. They've beaten TCU at TCU. They beat Oklahoma at Oklahoma, and then they have a home win against Texas Tech, and they've won each and every 
all those games pretty easily. TCU wasn't as, as easy. That was only a, uh, a touchdown win. And then, of course, everybody beats Kansas. Kansas State beat Kansas 55-14. You look yeah. at how Oklahoma State's played. They won by three to Iowa State. They blew out Kansas. They only won by two touchdowns to West Virginia. And they won by nine to Tulsa. Yeah. Well, oh, they can't stay there. And they, and they lose. And, 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 you and, know, te- and Texas I, beat Texas beat Texas beat Oklahoma State last week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Texas kept up. Uh, Kansas State in that Oklahoma game. Yeah, they beat Oklahoma. Rattler had three interceptions. They had to come back from 14 points down in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, going into the fourth quarter, they were down 35-21. Um, before that, it was 28-7 to Oklahoma. Um, and then 35-14 Oklahoma. That was kind of luck. That was luck. That was, that was Rattler. I hate to use this pun, but he was rattled. Um, and <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel that that is the reason they lost that game. Not that Kansas State was doing good, but that Rattler was rattled. Uh, because, you know, their quarterback only had one touchdown pass. Their running back only had one touchdown. Um, nothing really offensive-wise. Uh, I, It just worries me. Um, I, I think Kansas State can do it if they really, really want to. Um, you know, that's hard to really say just because I, I don't know which team's going to show up. Um, but I'll have I'll, – I'll respect your decision on that. We'll, we'll see what happens. So, with that being said, uh, this has been the eighth segment of Helmet to Helmet. Um, coming up next, we have Gracie Simpson and Sam Phelan talking all things professional sports. Uh, hopefully, they'll talk about uh, the big news out of the Tennessee Titans. Um, it's actually kind of funny, Jason. Like we just got off a Zoom call with Jonathan Hutton, and yep. he works for the Tennessee Titans. And I asked him about that Titans defense, and he said that he would not. He he's he doesn't think they would make a defensive move, and they cut two guys on their defense thirty minutes later. Yeah, well, he also um, he also said that he didn't think uh, Vic Beasley was going to be there much longer. Yeah, so and he was he right about gone. that. He will he will be released. Vic Beasley will be released tomorrow, and I just looked at some of his uh, stats when he was with the Titans. Uh, he signed nearly a $10 million deal, showed up 10 days late to training camp. Yep, uh, Got that. fined half a million dollars, uh, didn't play till week three. Uh, three tackles, one tackle for loss, zero sacks, zero quarterback pressures through five weeks. Excuse me, through five weeks, and he will be re- released tomorrow, and then Jonathan Joseph, uh, has not looked his normal self uh, with the Titans. Um, so hopefully uh, Sam and Gracie will touch on that. Uh, next week we will recap uh, round one, or I will recap uh, round one of the high school playoffs and then preview week uh, round two of the playoffs. And then Jason and I will do the college uh, games of the week and our upsets of the week. So for Jason Southall, I'm Connor Owens. This has been once again segment eight of Helmet to Helmet. We will see you guys next week. Yep.
And welcome back to the drawing board. I am Gracie Simpson alongside Sam Phelan, where we talk all things professional sports, mostly NFL, of course, because that's all that's going on right about now. Sam, I unfortunately had an 0-3 week in my guarantees. We'll talk about that later, unfortunately. But right now, Monday Night Football. 0-3. Sam, come on. We can talk about it later. I don't want to talk about it right now. It was about a week for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Well, Monday Night Football, we had Giants-Bucks. Actually, a surprisingly good game. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know what it means, but... I was, I was thoroughly impressed with the Giants. I really was. I can't watch the Giants. I cannot watch Daniel Jones play quarterback. And, like, <laughs> hey. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he's figuring it out another turnover like he just seriously hey at the end of the game when it mattered I mean he drove them 70 yards in 13 plays hit um who did he averaging like two turnovers is it a game for his career or something like that with the amount of times he fumbles that is ridiculous it's tough and then yeah drives him downfield makes that throw and you're like "Uh oh Danny Dimes he's back and then he throws like four feet behind a receiver that's wide open on the two-point conversion to lose the game Jeez, it was unbelievable but I guess going into it I thought the Bucks were just gonna run them over like yeah. absolutely destroy them and that is just not what happened so I mean I'm I'm happy about it because it was it was a good Monday night football game when I thought it was just gonna be trash but I would have to see the Giants pull it out for sure, though. See, I need a – I'm rooting for all the NFC teams to lose. If you're an NFC playoff contender, I need your record to lower just a little bit. But <laughs> See, I was, I was pissed off about the Titans losing to the Bengals. So, I was honestly hoping for the Giants to win because I just wanted to see – The AFC kind of sucks, though. Like, the, the Titans <laughs> are fine the AFC. That, there's too many good teams in the NFC. I'm getting a little worried. You're right. You're right about that. We had a good we had a good slate of games though. I mean, uh had some upsets. The Falcons winning a game, uh the Vikings beating the Packers in in Green Bay. Uh yeah. big upset there. Dalvin Cook absolutely did cook. He had 163 yards, three touchdowns and a 63-yard receiving touchdown. So four total touchdowns and over 200 uh all-purpose yards. He had a crazy game to carry that team. Yep. Um, and then Chiefs beat the Jets at home. Saw that coming. Uh, the Colts defeated the Lions, which uh, was not a huge surprise. Steelers-Ravens was a great game. It was. It was a really good game. Yeah, the undefeated, and it's exactly what we were talking about. Lamar Jackson needs to win that big game. and came Good down. gracious. He can't figure it out. He cannot figure it out. I don't know what it is. He threw, like, what did he throw? Two interceptions? He two had- interceptions, and he had a fumble. Yeah, 200 was, yards, two interceptions. He had a fumble, 65 rushing yards, and uh, had a chance to win the game there at the end. The Steelers, once again, almost blowing that uh, big big lead late in the game two weeks in a row, but the Spence got the stop again. They held it out. But, yeah, Lamar Jackson needs to figure it out. I mean, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and when it comes to these big games that they really need him the most, it seems like he's – choking I mean yeah it's kind of if he gets through the end of this year and they don't win a playoff game and they have a similar situation it's gonna questions just gonna start being raised there's 
there's no question about his ability or his his ability to to win games but um you have to start to wonder if he's a guy you can really win a Super Bowl with if he when he's up against those best defenses and has to perform uh, to the highest of his ability if he's not able to get that done um for sure another guy needs to figure it out to Cam Newton because Patriots lost again and they are two and five now lost to the Bills by three they were driving down they were in field goal range like to worst case scenario they kick a field goal to go to overtime if they can't get a touchdown they're in the red zone Cam Newton fumbles the ball on a run and Bills recover Bills win which now you're down Bills were six and two year two and five doesn't look like they'll they'll win the division absolutely not in case they unless the Bills really start to choke but they have their work cut out for them too. And that's another team that might just be looking to make another quarterback change. Agreed. Agreed completely. Also, Cowboys, I don't even know if they're ever going to figure it out, Sam. Well, I mean, they did start – they started Ben DiNucci, so I'm not, I'm not going to judge him too much. Um, <laughs> I would say more so than the Cowboys, I was looking at the fact that the Eagles almost lost that game with Ben DiNucci starting – and they probably would have lost that game if they didn't get that uh, very, very, very generous call uh, for the yep. touchdown there in the third quarter. That was a – The refs were really sweet to them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what that was all about. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did we have? We had uh, Saints-Bears, uh, my Bears overtime game there uh, in Chicago. That sucked. It was – it sucked. I don't know. It was one of those games I felt like they came out so strong. They were up 13-3. to three. Everything was looking good. Javon Wims, wild. Absolutely wild. I don't know if you saw that. I'm not sure how you, how you couldn't have. Uh, yeah, so C.J. Gardner-Johnson is a defensive back on the Saints, and he, he poked Anthony Miller in the mouth. Anthony Miller, Bears receiver, or whatever, and he was uh, talking trash. Javon Wims is a Bears receiver. While the Bears are winning the game big at the end, start of the third quarter, they're, they're trying to keep this momentum. He walks up, snatches the, the dude's not doing anything. He's standing there. He snatches his chain, punches him twice, kicks him, knocks him to the ground. And, and then just on all-out brawl. Haymakers, and then the brawl starts. He's ejected. What was it? Why? Why did he do that? Uh, he uh, Gardner Johnson like spit on his teammate or something, and was like punched. Like, or he was like, he poked someone in the mouth, like through their face guard, and then spit on someone, and was like being kind of a jerk. And so he was standing up for his teammate or whatever, and just decided to go nuts on him which because if you don't all the all the videos that were everywhere if you if you don't see what happens before yeah, that all you see is like him just standing in the, a random dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just standing in the middle of the field and he walks up and just <laughs> starts it, it, going at him looks like he just got frustrated and was like hey i'm gonna pick you <laughs> literally but yeah that was crazy it was a hard game because it felt like uh Early in the game, I was I was feeling good, like, okay, we answered. You know, we got embarrassed on Monday Night Football, but good Saints team, come back, you answered. This is a good team, not worried about it. The wheels kind of fall off in the third quarter again, and you end up trailing big. Um, 
you kind of get a, a late miracle, a touchdown and a last second drive and a 55 yard kick in the, in the wind by Cairo Santos to, to send it to overtime. And it was like, we felt like you had to steal it and you had to have it and you get the first stop of overtime. You get, you're getting the ball back field goal wins the game. It just felt like everything was leading towards the bears stealing another game and uh, um, to end up not being able to convert and um, just giving a game away really sucks, especially, like I said, in a, in a competitive NFC where games against teams like the Saints who are going to be playoff caliber bubble teams, like that might be what ends up uh, being the deciding factor for the Bears down the stretch. Yeah, that hurts for sure. Also, it must be nice that Cairo Santos can make field goals for the, for the Bears and yeah, not for the Knights. I don't know what happened with that. I keep – like, I don't – it feels like he woke up one day and is like, hey. He just decided one day, he's like, man, you know, it feels good to make field yeah. goals. I should, I I should start making them. fun if they went between the posts. And, <laughs> and he just was like, all right. Let's oh, so that's it. how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's, he figured it out all of a sudden. Um, yeah, but on the other end of things, Titans, Titans bangles. It was, honestly, I don't want to talk about it, but we're going to have to. It happens. I mean, like, it it's, Does it, Sam? Does it happen? It's one of those games, like I said, with uh, with like the Bears on Monday Night Football against the Rams. I was coming out and I'm like, you can win, you can beat this team, like you're a good team. And sometimes there's just games where it's like, what just happened? And I think the yeah. Bengals also. I don't think the Bengals get enough credit. You know, the, I agree. They, We've they, talked about it. Their, their record obviously doesn't show the way that they've been playing this year they they just haven't been able to pull out games that they've yeah, been well, in the whole time after that win they're they're 2 5 and 1 obviously yeah. they lost a heartbreaker to the browns last week on that last second kind of miracle touchdown they lost yep. week 1 on a botched like little tiny kick their kicker pulled a hamstring when he was kicking the ball and they lost the game because of it turn those two games around they're 4 3 and 1 that they, they had a weird tie against the eagles uh, beat the Jaguars, bad game against the Ravens, but they played the Colts hard. They played the Browns hard, and then they uh, they played the Titans obviously very hard too. Uh, they're not a great team, but I definitely they're definitely improved. And I don't view this as like losing to the Jets or the Giants or like a, just a bad loss like that. I think this is a competitive team, um, and That's fair. given a little bit more respect than. I mean, granted, the Titans are declaring themselves Super Bowl contenders and stuff. And that's what the expectation kind of was going into the beginning of the year. So that has a – you can't expect Super Bowl contender and lose to teams like the Bengals without uh, having some doubts and feeling unhappy. But um, Yeah, definitely. Definitely now that I, now that I step back and, and kind of calm down from yeah. <laughs> watching the game, it's like, you're right. It's not, it's not as bad as it looks. Obviously, our defense was horrid, just absolutely horrid. Could not get off the field. That's been that's been a thing this whole year. Um, just cannot get off the field on third down, um, and that's been a big problem for the Titans. Um, obviously, big news for the Titans: let go of Vic Beasley and Jonathan Joseph, which were big moves. I think probably definitely needed to happen. Um, Vic Beasley has just not been impressive ever since he first got to the Titans. He was ten days late to training camp, um, made himself a distraction just immediately coming coming into the program, and honestly just he's had zero sacks just has not performed for the titans so i think that was a definitely a good move um also we got desmond king yeah 
So, man. I mean, Jonathan Joseph, obviously gone, like you said. King's probably an upgrade there. So, um, Yeah, for sure. So, this week, Sam. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Bears and Titans. I'm trying to do a similar thing to you where I kind of look at it and I look at five and three and it feels it feels bad and I'm a little worried about it and stuff. And then I try to remind myself, I'm like, look, you, you lost to the Rams bad game, but like the saints are a good team. You took them to overtime. You fought them hard. Um, and you fought them hard, not playing your best too. And, um, the one thing I've said about the bears from the start that I, I do believe is I think they'll be in every game. I think their defense is just that good that, no matter what, they'll be in every game. And the tight, this Titans game is a very, very interesting matchup to me, like a, a real interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, the Titans have had trouble getting off the field on third down. The Bears have had a lot of trouble converting on third down. Um, the Titans kind of rely on their run offense, and the Bears have an incredible rush defense, uh, run defense. They've allowed one rushing touchdown all season. So, um it's it's a very interesting matchup to kind of see which which one uh, outplays the other and what which of the two wills will come out on top. I agree. I agree completely. I'm excited for this week. You're going, aren't you? I will be there. I will be there. Uh, I'll be wearing a Mitchell Trubisky jersey <laughs> just in case he gets the field because I think he needs to be the starter again. I do. I, I think he does, and. I, uh, I don't know if he's necessarily better than Foles. I think he is a little bit because Foles has really not looked good. But I, I think he is a little bit better than Foles. But even if he wasn't, you, I look at situations that have like happened in that Saints game last night. Like the Bears' offensive line could not be more injured. Like they couldn't couldn't be yeah. right now. They have absolutely nobody on offensive line, which is fair and like take some of the heat off of Foles, I feel like, because he doesn't have the most time to throw. But the way to combat a good pass rush or a weak offensive line is getting the ball out quick, getting it to the sidelines, moving your quarterback into motion, or getting him outside of the pocket quickly. Foles just doesn't have the ability to run and, like, extend a play that I would like to see out of a quarterback that has to take a lot of pressures. And uh, when your routes don't have time to develop and your quarterback has nowhere to go and the the not the ability to like create his own running room um it becomes difficult uh where I feel as nobody really talked about the offensive line last year and according to pro football focus Trubisky last year took more pressure than Foles has taken this year like just more pressures more knockdowns and stuff but nobody really talked about the line I feel like that's a testament to kind of Trubisky moving out of the pocket a little bit and taking a little bit of the heat off the line a, a little bit more. Granted, the run game last year was terrible, and it's terrible this year. Uh, but I, I just – I want to see Mitch. I don't see how he doesn't get an opportunity. That's just my thing personally. I, I'd like to see it. Hey, maybe on Sunday. Maybe on Sunday he'll get his opportunity. He did get on the field for one play, took a snap out of the shotgun, and ran, ran a direct wildcat, like, designed run. <laughs> play. I, I was kind. I kind of looked down at my phone. Yeah, I looked down at my phone for a second. And I heard. Uh, I heard his little hard count. I was like, "Ready!" And I looked up. I'm like, "Whoa, that sounds like Mitch." And I look up and I I see ten and under. <laughs> I 
That was me. You know his voice. Oh, that made my, oh, it made my Sunday. I know his hard count. <laughs> that was, That's awesome. That was brilliant. I love that. What do you, what do you think are um, going to be like some keys to the game for the Bears coming into this game? Oh, I think the Bears are going to have to not necessarily dominate on offense. I just think you have to be able to sustain some, somewhat of a drive. I really think this defense can shut down the Titans, like really shut down the Titans. But they're not going to be able to shut down the Titans if, their defense is, if the defense is tired. Derrick Henry gets better as games go. He does. Because he's so big, so strong, that he tends to wear down run defenses quickly. And if the Bears aren't able to get off the field and put some consistent drives together where their defense isn't constantly on the field and gasping for air, I think the defense can do a lot to limit what, uh, what Tannehill and the Titans are able to do. Um, I like that Tannehill is not really known for his uh, run, running ability, his ability to extend plays and stuff. Uh, yeah. One of the big things that kind of burned the, uh, the Bears a little bit when they were playing – New Orleans wasn't the fact that Drew Brees was doing it. It's the fact that they had Taysom Hill who could do it. And it was the fact that they were doing screen passes to Kamara and little dump offs and stuff. Yeah. I think when you force a team to throw the ball downfield or run the ball between the tackles, um, which is kind of what the Titans tend to do, the bears will do well. Uh, but the Titans are going to wear them down and, and kick, kick them down in the second half. If the bears are able, aren't able to get some sort of offensive momentum going. Definitely. Yeah. And I would say that obviously with the way the Titans defense has been, um, like you said, if the Bears can get their offense going and keep that momentum up, then that's going to be a big, a big key for them for sure. What's your, uh, I, I need a final score prediction here. I need a. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm scared of that. <laughs> I have to. I have. Man, to. I know. I know it's going to be a close game. I know in my heart it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, man, I, I just, even if it's not that close, I don't. I don't see it being. I don't see the Titans running away with the game. I think. I just think the Bears are. Oh. They always just find a way to stay within the score. For like, sure. So that it's like. I For always, sure. I like. Even in that Colts game, the Bears looked awful the entire time. Then they score and get a two-point conversion. I looked, they're down eight. And I'm like, uh-oh. We're yep. only – uh-oh. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. I think that – maybe, maybe not a lot. I think that there's going to be – it's going to be within a field goal. I'm going to say let's go with 21-24. Who? Titans. Ah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to make here, – here's – I just might make this a guarantee. Now, Mine is a guarantee. <laughs> now, I'm not going to guarantee the score or a win, but I think, I think one of my guarantees I'm going to make, I think the Bears get a defensive touchdown in this game. Okay. I think they get a defensive touchdown, which is – What are you thinking, pick six, fumble recovery? Pick, because I don't see Henry fumbling. So I think they get a pick yeah. six, though. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll go with, I'm going to go 27, 21 bears. All right. I like that score. 27, 21 bears. I, 
which might be a little too optimistic of me thinking the Bears are going to score three touchdowns because I don't remember <laughs> the last time that happened. But Hey, I, take advantage of the Titans' defense while they can. They to, they, I feel like they're just due. Like you, they, the Bears, they have to get somebody. You can't score <laughs> 10 points every week. Like, yeah, exactly. Times you're going to get a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited. All right, well, speaking of guarantees, that is, that is my first guarantee, Titans getting the Bears. So I'm okay. saying uh, Titans 24 to 21 over the Bears. All right. And then I got, um, man, see, I was 0 3 this week, guys. I just, I want everyone to know that. And maybe I'm just going to continue to go down that, that route. But um, I got the Colts beating the Ravens. Okay. That might be really optimistic. I, like- I don't know why. I don't know why, but I do like it. Although I do feel like the Ravens are kind of going to bounce back after their loss. Yeah. See, that's what that's what was that's what was kind of going through my head. I was like, well, see, I like this pick, but also the Ravens really screwed themselves last week. Um, they might be they might come out um, ready to get this one, and and it's not a, a big primetime game, which Lamar Jackson just just chokes in. So this might be the game where he just comes out and and dominates who knows but I don't know I like the Colts and I think it's either way I think it'll be a pretty good game but I'm gonna say Colts take the Ravens then I've got the Saints beating the Bucks okay interesting I I'm gonna have that I'm gonna touch that game too I'll go real quick I'm taking number one I mentioned it the Bears to have a defensive score I like that guarantee in the uh just switching it up a little bit. Bears defense. Well, I don't like it. I don't like it because I don't think Tannehill's going to throw an interception, Sam, but maybe, maybe you're right. It's a little creative, though. Had to get a little <laughs> It bit. is creative. I like it. Next one, I know this is a pro sports show. I'm going to college football because I have a guy on a team that I'm kind of obsessed with, and I can't help but make him a guarantee. It's the BYU right, Cougars. It's the BYU Cougars at 7-0. and They're number nine in the country right now. Zach Wilson is climbing up boards with his ability. He's got Patrick Mahomes' arm ability. I love the kid. I love the team. Let's go. They're playing Boise State, a conference rival who's ranked number 21 right now, and I'm taking BYU to cover, win and cover, over Boise State. Wow. I love BYU. I, I think they – All right. Team. All right, and then other one, you touched on it. I'm going the other way. I'm taking the Bucks and Tampa Bay to beat the Saints. I just saw the Saints play the Bears. I'm not all that impressed. Um, their defense didn't look great. I just think the Bears' offense is terrible. Um, and even so, the Bears scored 20-plus t- points on them, which is a feat for us. Um, <laughs> and even though the Bucks didn't look good against the Giants either, I like I liked Tom Brady and his ability to uh, to – make a win happen and find a win um so yeah uh, that's gonna be my third guarantee here hey we got a we got a good weekend ahead of us me and you are really going head to head twice yeah, aren't we this will be intense i kind of like this it so, is it is really intense <laughs> don't worry i'll send you uh i'll send you videos after the bear score a touchdown <laughs> don't you dare don't me, you dare do it my friend will have our have our jerseys on we'll sing bear down for you after a defensive score all right I'll be ready for it. Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson pick six, and we'll uh, we'll let you know about it. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll see about it. All right. All right. Well, thanks thanks for joining us uh, at the drawing board today. Um, exciting weekend ahead of us. Hopefully, um, Gracie is on top of Sam and everything next week. Bear down. We'll see. Tighten up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Bye.